Sometimes you just got to get back to the basics. Sometimes you just got to strip everything back. Isn't it amazing to think that for hundreds of years, they had church without lights and smoke and sound systems? And things were just simple. They would open up the Word of God, and they'd preach the Word of God. There's a there's a church in Australia. There's a worship leader in Australia. This is about 15 years ago. The largest church in Australia, the worship leader, was a guy named Matt Redman. And um, church thousands upon thousands of people actually became very known for their worship, um, putting out worship CDs, worship albums, um, touring the country and leading people in worship. And Matt Redman, the worship leader, decided that People were coming to church for the show of worship every week. And so the church went seven months with no music. For seven months, preacher got up and he would preach, and they had no corporate time of worship through music. And at the end of that period, Matt Redman wrote a song, probably one of the top five most popular worship songs of all time. It's called The Heart of Worship. And he talked about sometimes when the music fades and all of it stripped away. He just wants to get back to the heart of worship. And um, I didn't even think about the fact that we're in a series called Basics. That was a great time. Did Sarah do a good job this morning? That girl can sing. I want you to do me a favor real quick. I'm going to count to three. And I want you as, as loud and as enthusiastic and in as unison as much as white people can be that have no rhythm. I want you to say amen, okay? One, two, three. That was important to me today because there won't be another one of those this morning. You're going to be able to hear a pin drop this morning. I hate to give disclaimers before I teach, but I know there's some first-time guests out there today. And today I'm going to feed into every stereotype you've ever had of church. And for that... On one hand, I apologize because I, I realize that this topic that I'm going to talk about today, the church has taken it to the extreme and turned people off to church about it. On the other side, I don't apologize because it's in the Word of God, and the Word of God is not like Golden Corral. You don't get to pick and choose what you eat. In almost nine years, I've taught on this subject six times. So it's not a subject that we cover a lot around here. But we're talking about back to the basics. We, we've covered the first week of the series. We got back to the basic and just talked about how everything starts with Jesus. It doesn't start with our traditions. It doesn't start with the way we've always been taught. It doesn't start with our denominational preference. It starts with Jesus. We talked about the Bible and the importance of this Word of God. And this has been a very, on one hand, I hate to use this because I don't want to minimize it, but it's been a very elementary series. And sometimes we think of elementary as not very deep, but actually what we need to realize is everything that we ever needed to know in life, we learned in elementary school. Everything else was just built off that. You've got to make sure the foundation is strong. So we talked about the importance of the Bible and the importance of reading your Bible. We talked about the importance of prayer, the fact that we get to communicate one on one with the creator of the universe is an amazing gift. We talked about how we should approach God in prayer and how it was the only thing that the disciples came to Jesus and said, Lord, teach us how to do that. And so we talked about how God, how Jesus taught him. Last week, we talked about the importance 
of sharing our faith. The importance of sharing our faith. And we talked about how, how the church has talked about sharing our faith. It's so contrary to the way the Word of God talks about sharing our faith. The church says you meet a total stranger and you shove Jesus down their throat. In the Bible, over and over, as you see people sharing their faith, they're just simply sharing their story. You have something that nobody else has your story. There's no story like your story. There'll never be another story like your story. There might be stories that are similar to your story. But nobody has your story. And your story is the thing that will draw people to Jesus because your story enables you to connect with people that I'll never be able to connect with, just as my story enables me to connect with people that I'll never, that you'll never be able to connect with. So we talked about Jesus. We've talked about the Bible. We've talked about prayer. We've talked about sharing our faith. We've got back to the basics. If you missed any of those sermons, you can go to actionchurch.tv. You can go to the podcast on your phone, whatever podcast program you listen to. Type in Action Church and you can download those sermons for free and you can listen to them. But today is probably the most spiritual of all the weeks when it talks about getting back to the basics. Not because of the topic makes it so spiritual. But it's because it's hands down, not even close, the number one thing that all of us struggle with when it comes to turning everything over to God. People get uncomfortable when you talk about this subject. There'll be total silence as I talk about this subject. I will feed into every stereotype you've ever had about church as I talk about this subject. But at the end of the day, God talks about this subject and the church, like it always done, has done a phenomenal job of twisting this subject to their benefit. Instead of getting back to the basics and teaching the principle. And today, and this is where the silence will start, we're going to be talking about tithing. Tithing. The principle of tithing. People get funny when you talk about money. So today we're going to talk about it for the simple reason that God talks about it. We're going to talk about it because you can't get any more basic in your faith than the principle of tithing. We're going to talk about it because for whatever reason, over the last two months, I have had more people come to me with genuine questions about the subject than I've ever had in my life. So we're going to talk about it because my job as the pastor of this church is to teach the principles of the book. The topics that I have no desire to talk about, and let me make this as clear to you as possible, there's a million and one topics I'd love to talk about besides money. Let me also give you a disclaimer today. I don't know who gives what to this church. I have no desire to know who gives what to this church. I don't care who gives what financially to this church. I'm not impressed with who gives what to this church. That is between you and God. I don't want to know because when I get up and I do feel led, as I told you, I think I've taught on it now six or seven times in nine years. It's not a subject I talk a lot about. I want to be able to get up here with a clear conscience without anyone saying, man, he's talking about me today. So if you think I'm talking about you today, 
That's an amazing thing called conviction. The Holy Spirit of God may be convicting you, but I don't know what you do. Let me also give you this disclaimer. Surprisingly, through a period of not having church, a period of operating our church at about 50%, a period where half our church, because at this time we're not offering our kids area, our people are still leery to come out, understandable, that we're lower than we've ever been in attendance. We're doing better financially than we have ever done. So I'm not preaching a message today because we need your money. Now that's all relative. We have never do really good with the money. God just provides. He's an on-time God. But nobody needs to leave here today and say, oh my God, man, money's bad there at the church. Gary had to bring out a tithing message. It's not how I operate. I'll never operate that way. Matter of fact, the few times that I have taught about this subject, I've always made sure I teach on this subject in times where we're doing very well financially. Because I don't do guilt. If you grew up in church, maybe you got out of church and you're back in church, you find that surprising. I will, it's not my job to guilt you. I have no desire to guilt you. It's not a message of guilt. It's not a message because we need to pay the bills. It's a message of getting back to the basics and teaching us the things that will help us grow in our faith. To make sure that we are on the same page today, I want to make this as clear as possible to you. We're talking about tithing today, not giving. Two different things. In the church world, we love to make those words interchangeable. The Bible does talk about giving. And it talks about it in a different context than tithing. We love to take the word give and put it in for the word tithe. Meaning, I tithe here and there. Then you don't tithe, you give. I'm going to break that down for you. I am going to give you the most biblical message you've ever heard. I'm going to throw so much scripture at you today, your head spins. And as always, I encourage you to go home and study out this subject. Don't ever take my word for it. God gave you a brain for a reason. We have the word of God at our disposal. And I encourage you to go back and study. I tithe a little here and I tithe a little there. No, you give a little here and you give a little there. Tithing is different than giving. The word tithe comes from the Hebrew word master. It literally means the first 10%. The first 10%. That's what it means. I met a guy one time and he told me, you know what, I became a Christian. I spend 10% of my income on Christian books, shirts, CDs. That's not tithing. That's shopping. We have a misconception about what tithing is. So today is going to be a little bit dry and not a lot of humor. I don't want to take light of the subject. Not a lot of shucking the corn today. Come back next week and I promise you, you'll enjoy Action Church normal. Today's teaching time. Pull up your 
desk, open your school book, and let's learn today. I'm going to teach you the biblical foundation of tithing. If you do nothing with what I teach you today, let me say this as lovingly as possible. Man, you first-timers picked a weird Sunday to come. You're going to leave here and be like, that pastor is an a-hole. I promise you I'm not trying to be an a-hole. But if you leave here today and you do nothing with what I've taught you, I don't care. Here's why. I don't answer to God for you. The Bible says every man must give an account for himself. If you choose to never open up your Bible, never pray, it's not my job to force you to do that. And I miss the old catwalk. He had that in a few weeks. Wrestling came back this week. We had to put the catwalk out. I don't care. It's my job to teach you. What you do with what you're taught is between you and God. I'm only accountable for one, two, three, three people in this front row. Four people, count myself. I'm accountable for what we do. Everybody has a different walk with God. Everybody has a different thing that God convicts them. Let me give you a little bit of background. I know you're going to say, man, that's real convenient because you're a preacher of this story. I'm just telling you how it unfolded. I shared with you last week how I became a Christ follower when I gave my life to Christ. I don't know why. But the first thing that God convicted me personally of was not the fact that I was drinking at the time. It's not the fact that I was single and sleeping around. It wasn't the fact that I was living an ungodly life. God convicted me of all those things down the road. The first thing God convicted me of was the error of my finances. I was 19 years old, and I was obsessed with financial success. It's the only time I ever had a real job in my life. I've worked for myself ever since, but I worked for a very large corporation in a very high-tech field, and I came in very entry-level. I was the first out-of-high-school employee they had ever hired, and I was obsessed with moving up the corporate ladder and having as much money and as much things as I could have. God convicted me about my finances and putting him first. So for me, the first area God ever convicted me of was tithing. I tell you that to tell you this. The issue with today's message is I'm smoking what I'm selling. I met my wife. My wife and I started to talk about finances. When I met her, all my money was in a shoebox. I couldn't tell you how to balance a budget, how to do anything. I just paid the bills when they came in. Guys, you can relate to this, and I just kept up with it in my head. Yeah. And I said, hey, here's all the finances. Here's all the bills. You take it over. I said, I don't care how you pay the bills. I don't care what your system is. You do whatever you want to do. It's your headache. But understand this, this is the only thing that I care about. We tithe on our income. 
before the house payment's made, before the car payment's made, before groceries are bought, we tithe. After you tithe, you do whatever you want to do. So I'm not preaching at you today. I'm teaching you a life-giving principle that will change your life. So what is tithing? Number one, tithing is returning the first 10% of our income to God's church. The wording of that is intentional. Tithing is the returning. I did not say it is the giving. You can't give what is not yours. It's returning. The Bible says in Leviticus 27.30, a tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from soil or fruit from the trees, you need to understand something in this day and time that was currency for these people. We don't kill the land and trade grain now. We trade dollar bills, y'all. A tithe of everything. Not of some things. Not of 90% of things. God said a tithe of everything. What's a tithe? 10%. You can't twist it. You can't spin it. It's 10%. That's what the word means. 10% of everything from the land, the whole grain, from the soul, fruit, from the trees belongs to the Lord. This holy to the Lord. I just don't understand the Bible. It's complicated. That's pretty self-explanatory. The word holy means it's set apart. The first 10% of everything you have is set apart for God. It means it's to be given with a designated purpose. The tithe belongs to God. The reality is we don't give a tithe. We return the tithe. He said, but it says to God's church. I'm going to break that down for you here in a little bit. I'm going to answer every question you have today. There's a difference between tithing and giving. Giving comes after the tithe. You give where you feel led to give. You hear someone's story and you feel led to give, you give. A missionary comes along and you feel led to give, you give. You want to help somebody pay their utilities, you give. The tithe goes to the local church. The local church that you belong to. If you are in a local church where you feel uncomfortable to give to that, you probably should find another church. You say, can you back that up in the Bible? I'm going to. Hold your fork. It's coming. Every argument that you're developing in your head right now, because listen, I've been there. I know you're developing them. I've got an answer for you today. You seem on edge. You seem mad. I'm not mad at all. Just my job to teach you. And sometimes you got to teach crappy stuff. This ain't crappy stuff. You just got to teach stuff that's crappy to have to teach. Because people get angry with you. We don't give the tithe. We return it. Everything we have, we have because of God. That car you drive, God gave you that car. That house you live in, God gave you that house. That job you have, God gave you that job. That skill you have, God gave you that skill. That spouse you have, God gave you that spouse. Those children you have, God gave you those children. Sometimes 
We don't have no choice what he gives us. Got to take the good and the bad. The clothes you wear, the vacations you take, you allow yourself to think you earned it. God gave it to you. The talent that you have, God gave you. The skills that you have, God gave you. The personality you have, God gave you. God gives you 100% of everything you have. And he asks that we give or we return 10% back to him so we can be set apart for a purpose. I'm going to get to that purpose. Don't worry. Cliff note version is to fill the purposes of God. It's for the church to be able to do what it's called to do in the community. Tithing is returning the first 10% of our income to God's church. Here's the second definition of tithing. Tithing is returning my first and best so he can bless the rest. Proverbs 3, honor the Lord with your wealth. Honor the Lord with the first fruits. First 10%, that's a tithe. Of your crops. Then, then, your barns will be filled to overflowing. Your vats will brim over with new wine. Let me break this down for you as elementary as possible. 90% blessed is better than 100% cursed. <laughs> we'll talk more about that later too. Actually, I'm getting a little loose now. I'm feeling good. Honor the Lord with your wealth, the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled overflowing. Your vats will brim over with new wine. I'm going to educate you on something real quick here. I've been in full-time ministry now. I'm 44 years old. I got in full-time ministry when I was 21 years old. So 44 subtract 21, 23 years. It's a long time. I don't say this statement lightly. In 23 years, I have never met or moat a broke tither. Ever. Let me say that again in case you think I'm lying. In 23 years, I have never met a broke tither. I've met some that it's got real, real close. Put that verse back up, please. I don't know who's running that back there, Joe or Xander. Must be Joe because he's moving slow. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing. Just when you think you're broke, God delivers. I hate to pick on them, and I wish I would have prepared a little bit better and done a video interview with them. Where's Robbie? Raise your hands. Is that verse true? Over and over and over? You ought to hear their story of tithing and understanding the principle of tithing and money being so tight when they decided to start tithing. And God bless it. Like they send me messages all the time. You won't believe it. Now, like, you won't believe it. 
I quit saying that. Like, I believe it. We're going on a year and a half, two years now of it. Of course I believe it. Lost their jobs during COVID. Have been out of, will be out of work for six weeks, completely out of work because of surgery. I'm probably butchering this right here. And in better financial position than you've ever been. Because God provides. It's amazing how that works. Because here's the problem with the 100% cursed. You can keep it all. God's going to get it. He might get it in the form of a uh, refrigerator repair. He might get it in a form of, man, I got to buy a new washer and dryer. He might get it in the form of a new alternator on the car. He's going to get it. That's that curse money. It's just amazing, though, when you operate on 90%, how it just seems to work. You can't explain it. It doesn't make sense. But it just works. I've shared this story too many times over the last few months. But I remember, I will remember it 50 years from now. April 3rd, my birthday, 2020. Christine and I lost 100% of our income. Going in for me, Seven weeks that were going to be the most profitable seven weeks of my life, starting April 4th. She lost 100% of her income in what was going to be a very profitable summer for her in the line of work she was in. We went from having the most amount of money we'd ever had in our savings to sitting down for a couple of weeks being like, how now? Long, how long can this money last? It is now August, blah, 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 whatever, 30th. Let me make this very clear to you. I don't say this bragging. I say this to prove a point to you. Since April 3rd, we have missed zero bills. We have made some lifestyle changes. And we have three times the amount of money we had in our savings account on April 3rd, which was the most amount of money we ever had in our savings account. Funny how that works. Just doors open. You say, how'd that happen? I, I could tell you over and over and over. But at the end of the day, let me sum it up in a sentence for you. God blessed. God provided. God takes care. You cannot outgive God. And if that angers you and makes you mad today that we're talking about money, it's because you've never stepped out in faith to give. Because had you stepped out, scratch that, beep, you've never stepped out to tithe. Because if you did tithe, you would know what I'm talking about today. You would know that it's a weird supernatural principle that makes zero sense, but it just works out. Well, gear, that sounds great. I can't, I just can't afford it. I know. 
I get it. I mean, I'm trying to get out of debt, Gary. I get it. The problem is you can't afford it because you're operating with 100% of cursed money. You're trying to get out of debt with 100% of cursed money instead of 90% of blessed money. You're missing out on one of the most foundational issues you've ever heard. You said, Gary, you said this is one of the most spiritual issues. It's not the most spiritual issue because it's about money. It's one of the most spiritual issues because at the end of the day, it's the stumbling block for 99.9% of us. God, I'll give you my children. God, I'll give you my marriage. God, I'll give you my career. God, I'll give you my person. I will trust you in faith with all of those things. God, I trust you. Oh, I'm a money God. I got bills, God. I got to eat. I got plans. And what's so funny is you're robbing yourself of letting God work. Man. Here's the best. Ah, I'm getting ahead of myself. Here's the best part of tithing. I'm going to tie it in at the end. God gives you an out. I'll get to that later. So I've told you what tithing was. So I'm going to tell you why you should tithe. Now, again, let me start this over because some of you came in late because you don't understand the church starts at 10 o'clock. I'm glad you're here, though. I don't know who gives anything around here. I don't care who gives. And the church financially is fantastic. I'm not teaching this message because we need your money. Not trying to hurt your feelings. I calculate in my head. I don't know, again, I don't know who gives, but I'm not stupid. I calculate over the course of our church on five different occasions we've lost our biggest givers. God moved them to other states. They felt led to other churches. I made them mad. Imagine that. And yet, never has the giving stopped around here. Because God uses who he uses when he uses them. And God provides through his people. So why should we tithe? I could give you a thousand reasons today. But I'm going to give you three. Three. Tithing provides for God's work through the church. So it's back to the first thing about what tithing is. It's the giving of the first 10% to the church. It's that blatant. When you tithe, scratch that, I hate using you. When we tithe, we provide for God's work in and through his church. Christ died for the church. Christ left the church here to carry out his mission. Christ finances the church. But do not miss this. He funds the work of the church through his people. He funds the work of the church through his people. Oh, let me give you a hobby horse of mine right now. He does not do it through the church begging through a yard sale. He does not do it through the youth group having a car wash. He does not do it through the church selling donuts on the street corner like we're martyrs out there begging for the work of God. He does it through his people 
giving. Scratch that tithing. Now, let me blow your mind. They say 7% of those who attend church tithe. 7%. You want to change the world? Do you know that the church started tithing? We can eradicate homelessness in the world. If the church started tithing, nobody would drink unclean water. If we could eradicate, or excuse me, if we could have the church start tithing, we could eradicate orphans, people with no parents. We could finance everything, every, oh my, everything we look to the government to do is the church's job when it comes to social justice, but the church can't afford to do it because its people are robbing God. I got to tell you, I think what this church does is pretty freaking impressive for the amount of people we have around here. And to think we do it with the giving that comes in here blows my mind. Church is about money. Church ain't about money. But let me give you the reality, honey. The landlord likes rent paid. The utility company likes the utilities paid. Guess what? All that food we give away, it ain't free. Big vision takes big money. Now, let me clarify this to you very quickly. I get it. I understand it. I understand when you drive by and you see a church in a multi-million dollar building. I don't, I'm don't. i not judging those churches because I don't know anything about their inner work. And I'm just saying I get your mindset. When you see so much staff and you see extravagant lifestyles, and I believe a pastor is worth his pay. I believe the staff is worth the Bible says are worth double honor. You're not going to get any arguments from me on that. We've chosen a different path financially. I work outside to, to make sure God provides for those things. But that has more to do with my past than my conviction a pastor shouldn't take a salary. I get all that. But it's our job to fund the vision of the church. If you're uncomfortable with how that vision is taking place, find a church that you can support the vision of. Look what he says. I'm going to back it up with the Bible. Malachi. Bring the whole tithe. Whole 10% into the storehouse. There's very few things theologians agree on. Charismatic theologians disagree with Baptist theologians. Um, liberal theologians disagree with conservative theologians. But you know one thing that you'll find that theologians agree over and over and over with? In the Old Testament, anytime the word storehouse is mentioned, it is a picture of the local church. The storehouse was the center of town. It's where they went to get food. It's where they went to have community. It's where they went to get fed. It's where they went to get nourishment. The storehouse is the church. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. We bring the tithe to the local church that we are part of where there may be food, vision, ministry in that local church to go out into the community and impact people. Bring the whole tithe. The church moves forward fulfilling the vision God has given them as the people give to it. If there's anything that I'm proud of when it comes to this church, it is what we do with the finances that come in this church. 
of everything that comes through these doors goes to funnel the vision back into our community. Nothing goes to a denomination. Nothing goes to a hierarchy. Contrary to popular belief, someone said, well, you want to preach on giving because you get to keep the offering. Are you nuts? I can't even sign a check around here. Doug, have you ever got a check as reimbursement from this church? Because Doug does all the hands. That was signed by me. I can't even sign a check around here. They taught you in Bible college certain things get preachers in trouble. Some of those things have already gotten me in trouble. It will not be money. Don't touch it. I couldn't even tell you what's in the account right now. Since the day we started, I tell you all this because it's weird when you talk about money. Before we ever had our first service, when we couldn't afford it, I paid for it myself. We have had an outside firm that specializes in church finances handle our finances. They handle every drop of it. They send out the bills. They send out the statements. They handle it all. Don't touch it. A group of men, a group of people, men and women, I don't want to sound chauvinistic there, they come back here, they count, they keep it accountable, fill out the forms. Someone else takes that form, they deposit it. The bank checks that form compared to the deposit. And then the minute it's deposited, the outside firm handles it all. The process that you use for reimbursement, if you have to do something around here, is the exact same process that I use for reimbursement if I have to do something around here. I'm proud of the way we handle finances. The average church, over 70% of their income goes to salaries. Not here. There's not a one full-time employee. I am not full-time at this church. That's why every time you complain and gripe that I'm not dead here, I don't work for this church. I volunteer just like you do. Phil is a volunteer. Where's Phil at? Guess what? He's a volunteer. If he needs a Sunday off, he takes a Sunday off greeter who don't show up. Did I say that? Where's Phil? I don't know, kid's worker who was supposed to serve and didn't show up and didn't even call anybody to tell him you weren't going to be here today. He's a volunteer. <laughs> the average church has about 27% of their income goes to their facilities. I think that right now that we're at about 13% goes to facilities. Got to have a building. We probably have way more building than we need, but thank God for it. The rest of the finances here goes to feed people and clothe people and to minister to people. I don't think Joe Owens is in front of me. Screen back there, Joe leads our kids area. I could be wrong on this. I'm embarrassed to say this. I don't think we've given Joe a hundred dollars in the last two years for the kids' area. He funds it. He takes care of it. Because what comes in goes right back into our community, reaching people. I'm proud of that about our church. None of it goes to denominations. No denomination would have us. No, I'm just kidding. We're just a non-denominational church. 100% of the money stays here in this community. Now, something I've been being convicted about is that needs to change a little bit. Because the gospel says go into all the world and preach the gospel. So actually, we really have a responsibility past Canton. 
it's probably time for us as a church to start praying about foreign missions and probably taking on a foreign missionary of some kind. I'm praying through that and navigating through that right now as I feel God speaks to me, and I'll talk to leadership in our churches as I get a clear vision on that. Because Canton's awesome, but we have a vision for the world. So, so we need to understand. So why do we tithe? Tithing provides for God's work in the church. Number two, tithing teaches us to put God first. Deuteronomy 14. <laughs> I don't understand the Bible. This one's really complicated. The purpose of the tithe is to teach you to always put God first in your lives. That's real complicated. <laughs> Matter of fact, I would argue that there's very few more tangible measurements of whatever you can actually do to put God first. Because that money's hard. I'm not asking you to show me this. I'm just saying, show me your bank account and I'll show you what's important to you. Show me what gets your money and show me what gets your time and I'll show you what's important to you. The tithe comes first. It doesn't make sense. I can't describe it. But it makes sense. Here, here, here's what happens in our life. I'm going to use this as a very loose illustration. I have $100, and I put $50 to my house, $25 to my utilities, and $15 to my food, and blah, blah. Next thing you know, I'm at about 0%, and I ain't giving anything to God. It just doesn't work out for some reason. But when I take that $100 and I give my 10 to God, somehow that house payment stretches a little bit more, and the food stretches a little bit more, and everything stretches a little bit more. When you put God first, everything else just kind of falls into place. It doesn't make sense. But I need it to make sense. I can't make it make sense. That's why it's called faith. If you know the answer to everything, you don't need faith. You have knowledge. Gosh, it's not complicated. Now let me go ahead and... Right, you've used a lot of Old Testament verses. I know we're not deep enough to know that. But I guess that's an Old Testament principle, not a New Testament principle. Oh, really? That's funny because Jesus affirms the tithe in the New Testament. Look what he says, Matthew 23. What sorrow awaits you, preachers of religious laws, and you Pharisees, you hypocrites? He's, don't, don't miss what he's going to say here. He says, for you're careful to tithe, even the the thinnest income you have, herb, gardens, but you ignore the most important aspects of all, justice, mercy. He's getting on to the religious saying, you think you're somebody because you tithe, but you miss out on, on loving people. You miss out on showing justice. You miss out on showing mercy. He said, you're focused on the external of tithing, but don't miss this. It'd be easy to read that and say he's doing away with the tithe. He's not. He says, you should tithe, yes, but don't neglect the more important things either. What he's saying is if your form of godliness comes from the tangible, look what I give, and that's where you find your spiritual conditioning from, you're wrong. He said, yes, tithe, do it. Do it in secret. Don't make a big deal of that. Don't be boastful about it. Don't be proudful about it. He says, tithe. But don't forget the other things like loving people and justice and caring for them and mercy and faith. He doesn't do away with the tithe there. He affirms the tithe. He just says, listen, the act of tithing is not where your spirituality is judged. All these other things matter too. 
He affirms the tithe in the New Testament. It puts God first. God first. God first in everything. God, spouse, children. That's the command. You mess that up, that's why your life's a wreck. God first will my time. Get up, start your day in the word of God. God first will my talents. I'm a pretty good, I, I, I don't know that I'm a pretty good speaker, but I speak for a living. I speak, I'm promoting all the time, I'm doing stuff. God, the church gets the first of that. Start your week with God. So we do church on Sunday. Doesn't mean it's wrong to have church on Tuesday. It's just, a, it's just the principle of giving God what's first. God gets the first of our income. Every time I preach this, someone's going to message me. The gross or the net? Do I tie it off the gross or the net? Between you and God. Here's the philosophy my wife and I take. Are you ready? You actually make the gross. Uncle Sam gets off the gross. Why wouldn't God? But I don't, I don't care. Semantics. Tithe off the net. But I'll say this if that's a stumbling block to you, the net and the gross, you got a bigger issue. Oh, did I say that? Sorry. Lastly, most importantly, tithing builds my faith in God. Nothing will build your faith more than trusting God with your finances. I saw something this week that said 83% of Americans are struggling financially right now. I get it. Why wouldn't you be? It's crazy times. So to trust God in the area we're struggling sounds really good. It's good to preach. It's good to say, hey, Facebook world, it's good to post a cute little meme about or one of your quote graphics that are so adorable that you know you really don't believe, but it sounds good and you know it's going to get a lot of likes. I know my self-worth, blah, blah, blah. blah. No, you don't. You post that and everybody like it to feed your self-worth. Are you anti-posting quotes? No, I do it all the time. I'm just simply saying it's easy to post something. It's hard to live it out. It's hard to live out trusting God when it comes to mucho dinero. Here's the only time I talk to individuals about their financial giving. Are you ready? Only time ever. When someone comes to me and they want to talk to me and they tell me they're struggling financially and need help. You might think it sounds insensitive. But the first question I always ask myself, are you a tither? How would you ask that? Because I want I, I, I can give you $100. You'll go blow it. I ain't going to do nothing for you. I, I ain't got no place to Can you put me in a hotel for one night? What's that going to do? You'll be back on the street tomorrow. We can deal with the issue or we can deal with the root of the issue. Root of the issue is you're not putting God first. So, of course, you're hurting financially. I tell people all the time, you say in our finances, you don't have a, a money problem. you got a spending problem. You spend more than you make. Of course, you're broke. You don't put God first. You don't trust God. 
I've never had anybody come to me. Ever. 23 years. I say, yeah, I'm a tither. And I'm in this situation. If they were, you know what I'd say? It's very how we can help you. But I know this before I could actually help them. God would already come through and deliver. It builds your faith. Now I'm about to rock your world. I'm going to break this verse down. Throw it up there and we're done for the day. I'm going to eat some chicken. I'm going to have Sarah come back. I told Sarah I wanted to do Amazing Grace, but I liked that, that first song. So, oh, not yet. Give her a hand of rise. Not yet, Sarah. Come back out. Now go back. Go back. It's not time. Poor Sarah. I literally threw it on her on Friday. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. So, like I showed you, whole tithe, 10%, storehouse, church, that there may be food in my house. Where the church can carry Now, check it out, check it out, check it out. Hercules, Hercules, I'm about to rock your world. You always want an out. God gives you an out. The only time in all of Scripture he says this, check it out. What do you got to lose, you chicken? Test me in this. He says, do it and test me. See if it doesn't work. You don't even really got to have faith to do it. He gives you an out. Now I'm going to throw you my disclaimer I've thrown out every other time I've ever done this. You come up to me after this service and say, you're going to test God in the area of tithing. I'm going to take your name and I'm going to send it to the finance company because, again, I don't know who does what. And I'm going to say, watch these people's giving over the next 90 days. At the end of that 90 days, if God has not blessed you beyond measure, I will reimburse everything you gave over the last 90 days. I have issued that challenge now for 23 years of pastoring. And no one has ever come back and asked for the last 90 days. So now, big boy, What's your worry? I just can't afford to do it. Really? You're not tithing and you're broke. Broke's broke. If you're already broke, what do you got to lose? You're already struggling. Maybe, I'm going to preach to the men here. I hate doing this, especially in the society we live in nowadays. But men, be the leader of your homes. I didn't say dominate your homes. I didn't say lord over your wife. It's not what I said. But be the leaders. Test them in this. Aren't you sick of being broke? Aren't you sick of stressing financially? Aren't you sick of worrying about it? Test me in this. Says the Lord Almighty. And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room to store it. God says, test me in tithing and see if I don't rock. Let me give you the Gary Lamb version. Test me in this, you wuss. And see if I don't bless you so much that you can't even freaking handle it. I'm down with that. He knew this would be a stumbling block for us. 
struggling financially. Yeah, of course you are. Because you're trying to live on 100% of curse money instead of 90% of blessed money. What do you got to lose? It's not working. Now here's the deal. I don't care if you do it or not. I want to see you blessed. I want to see you have financial freedom. I should. I, I could also have my wife do a story about this. My wife, man, and it's not that she was anti-tithing. She just didn't grow up in a home that did that, and she wasn't in a marriage that did that. She could tell you over the last seven years, God has rocked. She, she gives for I give. Sometimes I have to come back, but how much do you give? And I got. I ain't gonna lie to you. Once I'm like, hold on, let me start calculating. Ten percent right now. I get the giving part. Let's just stick to the 10%. And then she preaches to me. Oh, really? We, we getting hungry? I gained 25 pounds since COVID. I ain't going hungry. Like, I can't, like, I told y'all that I just wanted to feel casual or short. I can't fit in my blue jeans. I had wrestling Friday night and I had to change my whole gimmick. I had to act like I was coming out to fight where I could wear nylon pants. Because the jeans weren't fitting. The, the dress coat wasn't buttoned. I ain't going hungry. Bring the whole tithe to the storehouse. That there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord. And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing, there will not be room enough to store it. God's waiting for you to put him first. God's waiting for you to step out on faith. It's not that he's not already working in your life, so don't miss that. It's not a, a work-based thing. He's just ready for you to trust him where you can see the way he is blessing. Your problem right now is you're not depending on God. You think you're responsible for everything that's going on in your life instead of him. When you step out on faith of the tithe, it makes it real clear God's in control. Back to the basics. Thank God this message is over. Next week, I'm starting a new series called Zip It. I figure right before the election, it'd be really good to do a series on what comes out of our mouth. We'll talk about how we criticize and how we complain, how we tear down. It's going to be good. I'm actually excited about it. I'm probably preaching to myself a lot. But we just need to get back to the basics. Hey, Sarah, you can come out now. Richard, I think you got to get her mic. Hey, Sarah, can we do that first song, The Reckless Love, or would that mess you up? I want to do that song. That song was awesome. But you guys were so shocked that there was just a girl up here with a guitar, you missed out on it. You missed out on the power of that song. But I'm going to pray real quick.